Gorgeous. Welcome to Bravo and Please, where we're going to get lit off all the latest going on in the Bravo TV world. This is a safe and uncensored space to discuss our love for everything pop culture and 420 related. So grab your can of goodies and let's get lit. All right. We are live. This is your girl, Jenny Blaze. We are live every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook with replays available and the audio podcasts available on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. We are here to bring you all the latest in Bravo, pop culture, and 420 news. However, let me just give a disclaimer that this is for entertainment and educational purposes only. None, none of this is financial, medical, and or legal advice. Just a disclaimer, like, aka, don't sue me. Do you want to get sued? But uh, this show is essentially bootstrapping, feet on the ground, grassroots type of show. Meaning my sources come from watching what Bravo puts out on the network, but also social media, DMs, sometimes from the sources themselves, and other rumblings and gossip. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more because part of what I love about Bravo and Blaze and reality TV, true crime and things like that is all of the human behavior and like the psychology, sociology involved. I think it's fascinating and just like wild sometimes. But anyways, uh, that's why you can always hit me up on Instagram to chat. And I mentioned this before, but I have a hard rule that anything discussed in the DMs is confidential by default. However, you know, if you, if somebody like wants to get some information out there with like facts, receipts, any receipts. Okay. Don't just send me like crazy stuff. Um, but, uh, in that case, if I get permission, then I may share something discussed in DMS, but, uh, this having this hard rule for me, you know, maintaining confidentiality as by default in DMS, I think, maintains my integrity and I'm trying to live by my values and beliefs here. So yeah, I'm usually, I'm also like, I'm usually caught up on all the latest chatter going on, but I'm also only human and a literally a one woman show. So bear with me if I miss something that happened. I noticed that like Bravo reality TV, obviously true crime. That's like obvious, but People get very intense and triggered over things that I wouldn't even guess. I'm like, whoa, okay. I didn't know that you would be triggered over this. That's why I'm saying like, I love, I feel like it's the study of psychology, human behavior, sociology, all that stuff, anthropology. Um, but essentially my disclaimer is to let you know that this is not your source for world news and fact checking, okay? I try to 
as far as the fact checking part goes though, like I try not to show display anything in my slides or on my account visually, unless I know it's true or it's been confirmed from a reputable source. Um, or if it's not true, I might say in the caption, like, I'm not sure if this is true, but like, this is crazy if it is, you know? Um, and I try to be careful with that too, because if it's something serious, I don't want to like just throw out rumors out there because that's not cool. Right. And, um, however, I do want to know the truth. I don't like being deceived. <laughs> so I'm going to stand up for all of us who are being deceived. But anyways, okay. So for today's episode, we will be going through all the newest shows that have aired on Bravo for the week. We have Real Housewives of Potomac, Family Karma, Below Deck, Southern Hospitality, one of my new loves, Below Deck Adventure. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City did not have a new episode, but there's still lots to talk about. And then we also had Real Housewives of Miami. Obviously, some Watch What Happens Live is sprinkled in there. I didn't watch last night's. Um, and I want to give an honorable mention to Love Without Borders, a million-dollar listing, because I'm not watching them, but I know people are out there. So, big ups. <laughs> All right. I want to give a reminder, as always... Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. We are live every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't worry. If you miss the live show, you can always watch a replay or listen to the audio podcast on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Subscribing, reviewing, sharing, liking, and... and or leaving a five-star rating is incredibly appreciated and helps this show to continue to grow. We're doing this all organically, okay? So help your sister out. Also, don't forget our social media handle is at Bravo and Blaze on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And as you know, bravoandblaze.com has all sorts of fun Bravo-inspired merch and products. Like this one. Grandfather M. Effer. That is from Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. There's a whole story. I've told it a few times. I won't get into it now because we have so many new things going on. But also... I wanted to mention Cannabis Mom Boss, of course, because I have my other podcast, Cannabis Mom Boss, every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And if you're a Cannamom like me, and for those of you who don't know what Cannamom is, I'm a cannabis advocate. I'm a medical marijuana patient, but I'm also a mom, a responsible mom. Um... And I'm a badass boss, professional. I come from the corporate world and I'll get into that. I'll, I'm not going to stay on script right now because I'll get sidetracked. There's a reason I put up notes. I spent time on it. But anyways, okay. So if you're like me, you want to try to break the stigma or you're an entrepreneur, 
or someone who wants to thrive outside of the corporate world, I mean, you can thrive in the corporate world as well, but please make sure you check out my other podcast, Cannabis Mom Boss, where I share stories of my life as a mom, cannabis advocate and entrepreneur, but also lessons I've learned along the way about self-care, personal development, entrepreneurship, business, investments, and just life in general. Um, the mission of Cannabis Mom Boss is to empower others to safely, responsibly, and confidently come out of the quote-unquote green closet to modernize the perception of today's cannabis consumers. Cannabis Mom Boss is live on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern. I know I said that already. Here on this same YouTube channel, which is also available for replay if you miss the live stream. If you are a podcast listener, you are in luck because Cannabis Mom Boss is also available on Apple Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And if you are looking to make some moves with a side hustle, career change, or any kind of personal transformation, check out the Cannabis Mom Boss Manifestation Framework, which is live. Let me switch this slide. I'm doing audio and video here, people. Video is on YouTube and available for you to watch. Um, so cannabis, the Cannabis Mom Boss Manifestation Framework is a crash course that gives you a glimpse into all the tools and strategies that I've taken from my formal education, professional experience, and personal successes that have proven to give results. And I've been sharing all of the receipts on my Cannabis Mom Boss podcast, so please join us. Um, I have not only implemented this in my own personal life for success, but these are the same strategies, tools, and techniques that Fortune 500 and top global consulting firms have been using for decades, running multi-million and billion-dollar businesses. How do I know that? My last role in the corporate world, I helped run and scale a $70 million business to over $200 million in less than four years. And honestly, that part of my life, my professional life really felt kind of effortless. I just didn't have my soul into it. And so like that didn't feel that hard. It was more like the personal transformations that were harder for me because I only had myself to keep myself accountable. Um, in my personal life, I have lost over a hundred pounds before. I've also gone from being in debt and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to file for bankruptcy because I had a life event happen that was unfortunate that put me in a, in a not so great financial state. But I was able to turn that around, get out of debt, triple my salary and save up a nest egg for my next investment all within in three years. And I need to give a shout out to my man, Dave Ramsey, the total money makeover, because that's, I use the tools that he provided and the strategies that he provides in that book to do that. But losing weight, that was a, I used other tools and also building and scaling a business, you know, an eight figure business to nine figure business. That was something that I was trained in, you know, formally through my education from Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. I have a Bachelor of Science in Information Technology. 
electronic media arts and communications. Um, and I spent over 15 years in the corporate world at top consulting firms, top global consulting firms. So um, I lost my, my place in my notes again. <laughs> it's okay. But as much as, you know, I'm sure you're all aware, people can give you the tools and techniques, you know, like anyone can go buy this Dave Ramsey book here and, you know, implement the tools that he provides. But if you're not holding yourself accountable, then it's not going to work for you. And also sometimes your own situation is very personal and unique and it needs to be custom. The tools that you use need to be customized for you in the best way, in a strategic way. So with the Cannabis Mom Boss Manifestation Framework, you also receive a personalized and confidential one-on-one -on -one session with yours truly, the ultimate hype girl, ultimate hype queen. Oh, I like that it's purple. I got my kid's microphone. Let me turn this off. It starts to give feedback when it's on and then just laying on the table. Okay. Uh, so to make sure, so in this one-on-one -on -one session with me, I'm going to make sure that we use the tools and strategies that I teach and put them into practice to achieve goals and make sure that we see results because that's the important part, right? The results. We need to see results. And I don't know, some call, call it tough love. I just use facts, data, analytics, strategy tools. Anyways, the link to all Cannabis Mom Boss manifestation framework offerings and just links to the, my Instagram and everything, that's all in the show notes. And you can always shoot me a message if you have any questions. I'm going to move on to my shout outs for the week. I need to give a huge, huge boss shout out to at baked underscore Bosnia on Instagram. She is not far from me, like physically. We live kind of near each other. And she's starting a business, a baked good, goods business. And she offered to have me try some and hand delivered them to me. So, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to like not because ever since BravoCon, I think I've been eating my feelings because I have that void of not being at BravoCon anymore. Like that was the best time of my life. Anyways. So, um, but I support other women. So I tried them. I did a little tasting and they were good. And I love it. If you're local, go hit up baked underscore Bosnia on Instagram. I just love like, I love and respect the game that she's got going on. Like, she hand-delivered that to me. That was amazing. I love it. Networking is so important. I don't think people understand this. But anyways, I'm going to move on. Another thing I wanted to shout out is one of my brand partnerships from my live show before BravoCon um, was Her Highness NYC. And this weekend, unfortunately, I cannot attend this event, but there's an actual event happening in Northampton, Massachusetts. It's not that far from me. It's like 
an hour away. So I was going to try to go, but like with childcare and everything, it's just not working for me. However, it looks so fun. It's a burlesque drag show with weed. Can you get any better than that? Oh my God. I wish I could go. I would definitely, definitely bring my fan, my feather fan. So fun. Check that out. Um, I also put their link in the show notes. Okay. And then, um, oh, before I move on, I did want to give one more shout out to um, Endocana Health. Uh, my buddy, Len May, the CEO of Endocana Health, was recently interviewed on, with Montel Williams. Is that his name? Montel Williams, right? Am I thinking? Okay, it's not. For a second, I thought Montel Jordan, and that's not right. That's the this is how we do it guy. Um, so, yeah, they, I think I mentioned this. I just recently took a 23andMe test. Finally, I was like so against taking genetic tests for so long. But then I finally caved because like my husband just bought it. On, there was like a prime day sale or something. He's like, look, I got this for us. And I was like. I don't want that. Like, I don't want my DNA stored anywhere. I don't know what you people are going to do. I said you people. I don't know what they're going to do with my DNA and stuff. Like, I don't feel comfortable with that. But then um, when I talked to Len and he said that he had an integration with his product. So his product has an integration with 23andMe and Ancestry.com and all that stuff. And he can take that same data and they have um, a way to show like which cannabis strains are good for you or bad for you, depending on some of your genetic traits. And I was like, okay, this is worth it for me. <laughs> like, I know I'm not going to commit any crime, so whatever, have my DNA. Um, just, I hope they don't like clone me someday. Actually, maybe I do. Maybe they should clone me because I could really use some help. I would love to have another one of me. Anyways, I'm getting off track, but uh, I'll put links to show notes or links in the show notes to Endocana Health as well. Um, I'm also trying to incorporate weed news into Bravo and Blaze, and I didn't really see that much going on this week. I like the biggest news I saw. I saw something about like the third dispensary recreational dispensary to open up in New York is happening soon and the like of course we want to cheer and root for every win but I'm like come on dude this happened like my kid is the same age as as long as our state has been able to be fully legal and we are only on our third our th our third dispensary and like this is ugh, I just can't but whatever congratulations we're moving forward I did want to give make it this section kind of a shout out section two because you may know if you've been following that I'm California sober which means that I do not drink alcohol anymore but I smoke weed and I don't like to even say it like that because I feel like when you phrase it that way, people automatically think, oh, you don't drink alcohol, but you smoke weed as in like you don't 
unwind with alcohol, but you unwind with weed, which is not the case for me. I was able to wean off of multiple prescription medications by over like a six to nine month period of time by microdosing, meaning like take a couple puffs and walk away. Oh my God, who would have thought? Um, because if you look at the science <clears throat> of cannabis, you look at the history, it's medicine, okay? And it's my medicine. But since I've quit drinking alcohol, because alcohol, for me, I realized this past year that I'm an alcohol abuser, meaning like I don't, I guess I would never consider myself an alcoholic because I'm not like, I don't have like the shakes and I'm not like, oh my God, I'm, I really need some alcohol. Like I, the taste just like satiates me. Like that's never been the case. It's always been like, if I'm going to drink, I'm going to like take some shots and get drunk. Like that's always been the goal. It's never been like a responsible. I never really learned how to drink responsibly and like there's too many triggers. So for now, I decided to just quit. I'm not saying I'm quitting forever, but I have abused alcohol and I've never drank and then been like, wow, I feel better. Like I never, anytime I drink alcohol immediately, I'm like, I'm tired or my stomach feels weird or something like I just, I don't know. And maybe it's just my body. That's like that. I don't know. But anyways, I want to give a shout out to um, Absence of Proof on Instagram. It's a uh, business that is essentially a non-alcoholic bar. And they do craft cocktails the same way that think Tom Sandoval, okay, shaking a drink, putting like, like doing all this crafty, like bubbles and frozen whatever's all that, but just without the booze. I would love that. And I went out recently and got a mocktail, which I paid $8 for. And all it was was muddled blackberry with some lime, lemon juice and club soda. It was $8. But it was delicious. And actually, I think they may have put in like a tiny bit of simple, simple syrup or something. I don't know. But anyways, okay. Let's move on. We also hit on pop culture news. I have a couple of things. I'm not that excited over anything. Kim Kardashian bought Princess Diana's cross at a, an auction for almost $200,000. And people are like really upset over this. They're like, I don't know. They're triggered. I don't care. I am like, okay, what else can you buy? Like, I, I want to see more. And actually, shout out to Ryan Bailey because he put up a meme the other day that was funny. It was like announcement. Um, I forgot how much it was like three Kim Kardashian buys, uh, purchases the Dury, the Capri, Caprice room at Bupa, Bupa, what is that place called? Buca de Pepo or whatever. Um, for $3.2 million or something. I was dying laughing, but obviously that's not true. And, um, yeah, why is it such a big deal? Whatever, I don't care. Let's move on. Also, another thing I, I care even less about, I don't know why I'm mentioning it, but the Met Gala theme was announced and the board was announced. So that's happening, I guess. 
Um, one thing, because you know, I like true crime. Um, Alec Baldwin was finally charged with involuntary manslaughter from an from an incident, a fatal incident um in 2021. And I'm like, it's 2023, people. What what is going on? Why did it take so long? Weird. Anyways, um, moving on. I just started Web of Death on Hulu, and I found it because, um, shoot, it was uh, Socialite Gossip. I don't know if she's here um, in the chat. If you're here, say hi. But Socialite Gossip had mentioned that there was a whole episode on Jen Shaw, and since her sentencing on Hulu. So I went to go look for it, and I'll talk about that later, but... um, I found Web of Death and it's a series. And I'm like, okay, what is this? It came out in 2023. And it's a series about these murders that were essentially solved by podcasters and like online forums. Think like your mom's Facebook group or something. And I the first episode, if you don't watch this whole series, fine, that's okay. But please, please, please just go watch the first episode because it was bananas. They There was a whole, think like, we're going to talk about this later. Think like we're talking about Dr. Nicole from Real Housewives of Miami, her wealth. I've been questioning her wealth. And not like it's feasible, but I just have some questions because look at what we've suffered and endured. We've been duped so many times with Jen Shaw and Erica Jane. Like, I can't take it anymore. So anyways imagine we I'm like we're all investigating in the Bravo and Blaze like Instagram account and we're talking about it and then Dr. Nicole enters the chat and starts defending herself that's essentially what happens in this first episode of Web of Death on Hulu and but it was a murder okay just think of that concept I know it like we probably all know it exists, but like how crazy is this world? And then I ran across Reality Bites podcasts who are um, Bravo and reality producers. And they just mentioned how they re- rely and seek information from fan accounts. And same thing with this first episode. One of the police officers joined the chat and was like, let's do this. Like, cause they were finding more evidence for the investigations. And it's like, what is this world? Like, what? So, yeah, I recommend that on Hulu. Um, I'm going to move on. Finally, we're getting into Bravo, but not even really, because I'm going to talk about the traders on Peacock. So I mentioned this last week. It just came out. They released all the episodes at once. I think there's like 10 episodes or 12 episodes. I don't know, but I binged it all immediately. And like, I didn't think I was going to get into it, but the first two episodes had me. And then like Kate Chastain is just amazing. And I'm so glad that people got to see. It's just, this game is so nuts. I couldn't believe. Okay. 
from a Bravo standpoint, we got Kyle Cook, Brand Kyle Cook from Summer House, Winter House, Brandy Glanville from uh formerly on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. And then we have Kate Chastain, who used to be on Below Deck. And then we have Reza Farhan, who used to be on Shaw's, which, by the way, I interviewed Reza about a month ago. And that episode is available for replay. So go check that out. I'll put the link in the show notes. But this show is nuts, okay? There's like... I don't want to give away too much in case anyone didn't watch it yet, but there's like missions and challenges. And one thing right off the bat, I'm like, oh my God, this is so funny. Cause it, okay. It's four Bravo labs. And then like a handful of survivor and bachelor people. And then Ryan Lochte. <laughs> but then the other half of the people are normies and no one knows who is a traitor. There's three traitors that get picked. And then their job is to basically at the end of, they have a challenge. Then the, they go to bed, they murder, the traitors murder, obviously a faithful, someone who is not a traitor that night. And then, like, it's a big reveal the next morning at breakfast. And then the traders have to pretend like they don't know. And then they go and do another challenge. And at these challenges and missions, they're collecting money for the pot at the end, which is only $250,000. And I know, I don't want to say only, like, that's a lot of money. But for the things they had them doing, I was like, mm -mm. these challenges, some of them are easy and, like, okay, whatever. Some of them... I would pay $250,000 to never do that. So that's just to give you an idea of like how crazy this show is. But I got really emotional in this show. Just I think they had to have some reality stars on there because already off the bat, I'm like, okay, I'm here rooting for my four Bravo labs. But then right off the bat, here they go, start targeting them like they were easy targets so I'm like oh hell no and then I'm like this game is like kind of twisted like the psychology behind it and like the weight of them having to deceive like I kind of mild low-key crush on Cody um I won't say exactly why but like I just like you can see how Okay, I probably just gave it away, but it's a very good show. I think you should go watch it. The host is Alan Cumming. He was amazing. There was one point where he goes, he's like very dramatic and like has long pauses, you know, enunciates and projects for, you know, dramatic effect. And at one point he made a joke and they're all laughing. He goes, why are you laughing? Someone was just murdered. And that's just kind of the kind of humor that I love. But Kate, okay. Kate Chastain is the MVP. She is so funny to watch. I don't condone her behavior. Okay. I'll just say that. But I could relate to her so hard because, like I said, I would pay $250,000 to not be a part of this show with, with some of the things that they did. 
Like, no, thank you. Not worth it for me. I was shocked that they actually got them to stay as long as they did. Anyways, the whole thing, it was, I highly recommend it. It's on Peacock. Go watch it. Um, but questions that I, that came up after watching, it, I was just like, could I be a trick? Like if I just played that game, I'm not even talking about cameras or anything. If I played that game with people I love or even people like, okay, maybe people I don't know, strangers, that would make it a lot easier. But what if I had to like lie straight to someone's face? Like I... Don't think I would be a good trader. <laughs> Probably get out right away. <sighs> good show. Good show. So because of traders, I believe um, Reza was on Watch What Happens Live. <laughs> and on Watch What Happens Live, this is on Sunday night after um, Potomac and Family Karma. Reza was on and Andy asked who is the most overrated housewife. And Reza said Kyle Richards. And honestly, I didn't even listen to his reason why. I was just like giggling. So I'm like, I love, I love Reza. Like he doesn't care. You know, he'll just say whatever he's thinking. Um, but then, because obviously, you know, we have all these accounts that post stuff. We had Cece Loves You who posted you know, the clip of Reza saying, like, the most overrated Real Housewives, according to Reza, is Kyle, and he wants Lisa Vanderpump to return thoughts. Kyle Richards responds to that and says, wasn't his show canceled? And wasn't he the first one voted off on traitors? I can't even be offended. So then Reza claps back and says, my show was canceled and I was killed first on traitors. But my sibling and all my castmates still take my calls. How are Kathy Hilton and Kip, Kim Richards doing Kyle Richards? He tagged all of them. Dead. He's, I couldn't believe it. But then it even escalates further. Yeah. <gasps> Gigi enters the chat and I don't, I, I was trying to look for it. I couldn't find it. I'm sure somebody has it on their account. I'm sorry, but I don't have the exact wording, but Gigi said something like, or maybe it wasn't this account or maybe it wasn't this post. Maybe it was another post because this week they, Kyle like was posing in a bikini and like had these abs and Gigi said something to the effect of like her using Ozempic to lose weight, which like, I don't even care about any of that but then don't forget Gigi and Kelly Dodd went at it a while back but Kelly Dodd then responds to Gigi Gigi's comment was like something to the effect of like you're just mad you're never gonna look that good or something and I was just like what is what is even happening this is bananas bananas but again, shameless reminder, go watch the episode with Reza if you haven't checked it out already. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of Beverly Hills, some things went down this week. I'm going to go off the slides for a second. Okay. So we know that they've been talking about casting and things like that. We know who's off. Lisa Ren is off. Um, Diana Jen Jenkins is off. Crystal Minkoff is confirmed. For next season, 
But also I heard that one of her 14 friends is going to be on as well and some other new lady. And honestly, I hate this franchise, so I don't really care that much. If I cared more, I would have maybe gathered it all together, but whatever. Anyways, but speaking of Beverly Hills, that reminds me of Brandy Glanville, who we just talked about, who's on The Traders. Brandy came for Alex McCord, and they're both going to be on Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 4, which is about to film, I believe. And I've said it already that I'm super excited for Alex McCord to join because... I got to know how many languages Francois and Johan speak, but also like, OMG. Like, this is, I'm so about it. But Alex has been, no, I don't see anything wrong with this. Alex has been posting on Instagram like one day for a week. She just is asking about each of her castmates that she's going on vacation with. And Brandy it triggered Brandy, I guess, and was like, well, she doesn't know how to like YouTube or whatever. And like, I don't know, kind of ragged on Alex. I don't think Alex even responded, which I think I would agree with. Like, I don't think it warranted a response, but I don't see anything wrong with that. And I've been like participating in Alex's weekly update or whatever castmate of the week. I don't know. Um, New Jersey is coming soon and already, I mean, we always get stuff going on with Jersey throughout the year, but this week, I guess, talk about throwbacks. Jacqueline Laredo, I guess was in the comments on IG talking about Melissa Gorga being fake. I don't care that much, but then also Melissa Gorga apparently made some comments about Caroline Manzo and how she wouldn't be a good housewife because she's boring, but she's also going to Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip for with Alex McCord and Brandy Glanville. I'm confused. I don't even know what this is, but I'm sure Jersey will be messy as usual. Moving on to Dubai, Real Housewives of Dubai. Season two has been picked up, but apparently... There are some changes in the cast. Some are returning. Some are not. This hurts a little bit. I hope, I mean, I love them all, I think. I think who they need to keep, if we have to choose, let's keep Chanel, Lisa Milan, Caroline Brooks, and I guess Caroline Sanberry, who is pregnant, apparently, which has been scaring me for some time. So I hope she's doing well. And I wish her and Sergio nothing but happiness and healthiness and a healthy baby. Southern Charm hasn't even started, but apparently... There are rumors of three new men to be cast on Southern Charm. We know that Catherine's out. I actually saw something that Naomi may be out too, but I didn't see any like reputable confirmations about that. Um, these three new men, I didn't look them up. I'm already triggered. Like, 
they better come correct. I don't know if I could take it anymore. <laughs> oh gosh. Don't let me down Southern charm. I mean, who am I kidding? Like, honestly, don't let me down. Of course they're going to let me down. Um, but also this week, we got a little treat of a new promo of Vanderpump Rules. And I have to say, I felt like kind of like a proud parent. Like, we've watched this cast, some of, the, some of these cast members, from day one. We got Katie, Schwartz, Sandoval, and Shayna. Four... Oh, geez, like original, original. But also we got Lala, James, Ariana, who are strong cast members as well. And there's some new people thrown in. And Raquel is getting messy. The promo was so hot. Like they just look so mature and I just loved it. Loved it. Also, there's um, some rumblings that Shayna may not be playing as big of a role this season, um, to which I think she responded and said something like, we were busy, like we're getting married and in love, like whatever. I don't know. Team Shayna on this one. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on. Now we're getting into the, the actual shows of the week. This week, we had Real Housewives of Potomac, Season 7, Episode 14, Shakeups and Makeups. The episode description is, when Karen reveals the reason she stopped being friends with Sharice, the ladies question her version of the truth. Mia does something that causes her and Jacqueline's friendship to hang in the balance. Candace makes a surprising revelation. Okay. Before the episode even started, Karen Huger, I love her. She posted some receipts between her and Sharice and the, the feud between them is kind of, I don't even understand it to be honest. And, uh, one thing that came up though, during this feud was Sharice said that Karen went to rehab a few years ago and Karen didn't even respond to that. But I just wanted to say one thing that there is nothing wrong with going to rehab, and I hope this is not offensive to anyone, but rehab is kind of on my bucket list. Like, um, imagine being able to just, like, focus on yourself for a period of time without any, like, distractions or anything. Yeah, I'm digging it. But I don't know. Nothing really stuck out to me with this episode, I guess, um, other than that. But... This whole Mia and Jacqueline thing is weird. Mia said that Jacqueline slept with married men. Then Jacqueline reminded Mia, who owned up to, you know, meeting Gordon when he was married. So it's just, like, messy. I don't like it. It's not, like, good mess. I don't know. Rumor has it, though, that Miss Giselle Bryant and Mr. James Jason, not James, Jason Cameron of Winter House, maybe dating? What is that about? And then also, he allegedly met her children already? I don't know about that. 
I need to text him. <laughs> Although, I mean, obviously Jason would be um, an amazing guy for anyone. But I feel like he can also like, I don't know. I love Jason. Whatever. I'm not going to say anything else. I have an interview with Jason from last year. Go check it out. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Also, yesterday was Thursday. The reunion filmed. Um, the reunion set was sent out. Um, I guess Karen Huger and Giselle are first chairs next to Andy. There's nothing really surprising on that. Everyone posted it yesterday. I'm sure you can find it on Instagram or Twitter or anywhere. Um, but I'm going to move on because I don't know. I'm just like not feeling it with Potomac lately. Um, family karma. Okay. I love family karma. I forgot to include one of my notes here, but family karma season three, episode 10 is project karma. The episode description is Anisha puts it all on the line for a make or break fashion show. Vishal and Brian's friendship is tested. Amrit and Nicholas travel to Atlanta for a contentious wedding scout. Did I miss that part? I don't remember. I do remember them talking about the wedding a lot. And this is... So my... I just love Amrit, Nicholas, their relationship, their relationship with Amrit's parents, Nicholas being open about his family dynamic and them not being as open and oh my god I got chills because I'm just thinking about season two if you have not seen family karma go watch season two because I'm telling you it may be the best reality tv I've ever seen in my life and it's because we've there are such important parts important things going on in life that are like these are precious moments like so vulnerable and sacred and I feel honored to be able to witness some of these things that are going on. So ugh, love them. I love them. But this week we had Anisha's fashion show. I do love Anisha and I'm so glad that we got to finally see her more on an episode because she's been kind of MIA since she moved to Arizona or whatever for her boyfriend who she gave a timeline on getting engaged to, which we know I think she already got married, right? Oh my gosh. I need to I need to get the scoop on that. I need to give a shout out to Bali for working that runway and that dress she wore that was made by Anisha. That was a killer look. Bali worked it and Anisha killed it with that dress. Like everything was mm, love it. Um I'm not really into this Brian versus Vishal argument, but I did want to mention Monica quitting her job. I did not see that coming, to be honest. I did not see her saying she has corporate burnout and she wanted to leave her job. But congratulations, girl. That's I love that. <laughs> she should follow Cannabis Mom Boss, just saying. Um, maybe I can get her on and we can talk about her transition from the corporate world because that's the kind of stuff that I want to hear about. I think that's super cool. Another thing that happened that's really amazing this week for Bravo, not just for Family Karma, 
Um, we also have Southern Hospitality, but they're both up for nominations for GLAD Awards. And I could cry because I love both of these shows and I think it's well-deserved. I'm going to move into Below Deck, though, so I stay in order of what's going on during the week because it helps me stay on track. Okay, so Below Deck Season 10. Uh, this photo is courtesy of Starcasm.net. We have Below Deck Season 10, Episode 8, The Captain and Camille. Episode description, drama between Camille and Alyssa reaches a breaking point and Captain Sandy is forced to step in. A Bollywood dancing group of guests gives the crew a run for their money with their late night drinking and partying. Flustered by the guests' many demands, Rachel's dishes are hit or miss, and her slow timing leaves the guests hungry. Crew chatter and antics lead to one crew member's demise. Okay. Spoiler alert. Don't listen to this part if you don't want to hear. We start this episode with Camille and Alyssa fighting. In front, like the guests could hear them in front of Captain Sandy, and they still kept going, which was that was bad. Like, I felt embarrassed in that moment. Like, that is not a good look for any employee to be yelling like that in front of your boss. Um, but Sandy is exhausting too, so I don't know. I might have done the same. I don't know. Uh, these guests are awful, and watching them just ugh, props to Alyssa. She just did her job. She did the damn thing, and honestly, watching her triggered me as a mom, as a stay-at-home mom, because that's what it feels like. You're just literally cleaning up after people, serving them. They say, oh, I don't like this. They're rude. They're mean. <laughs> And they got a bad tip. It was like $1,530 per person, which came down. I did a, the math. Like if it was a 48-hour charter, it was like $30 an hour. And for what they went through, I don't know if that was worth it. Um, I guess there was some issue. I was laughing so hard when Camille was drinking and Fraser was like, what are you doing? She's like, what? And um, they made it look like she was doing something really awful. Like she was drinking during charter, but uh, apparently it wasn't during charter. It was after, and they were like cleaning and stuff like that. But um, she mentioned, I guess that she was like doing interviews that day for the confessionals because of the production or whatever. And they were giving her drinks. So like, I don't know. She was trying to defend herself and I'm not trying to defend Camille at all. Um, however, I do like watching her. I think she is hilarious to watch because she's so unhinged and um, spoiler alert, she gets fired and now she just announced she's releasing music in Nashville and I support her. I don't condone her behavior on the show. But I support her singing ventures and music career. Get it, girl. Oh, boy. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. Can you imagine if Kate was her chief stew? That would be a good show. Let's watch that. Oh, my gosh. Hilarious. Okay. Let me move on to 
Southern Hospitality. We had season one, episode seven, Pride and Peanut Butter. This week's episode description is, Levin needs the Republic team to work together for Pride Weekend, but tensions run high in the aftermath of an explosive fight. Will decides whether to fulfill Emmy's hopes and go to law school or pursue his own dream of running a restaurant. I have to say, somebody at Bravo is really trying to push this Will and Emmy storyline. Like, they are trying to make Will and Emmy be like the Craig and Page or something of this, or Lindsay and Carl. What would you guys say? <laughs> it's just weird to me. They had, um, not weird, like, I don't want to say anything bad. I do like Emmy. I don't condone all her behavior. But Will, I just don't see why everyone's all about him. And then also this episode confirmed to me that he is more like Craig and Shep than I originally thought. This whole law school thing is like, it's very triggering to me. It gives me Southern charm vibes. And I'm like, we've seen this before. However, maybe Will is realizing, you know, that isn't his path. And maybe Will is going to just shift career paths and focus on the food and bev industry. And anytime someone says food and bev now, I instantly think of Craig saying, I worked in food and bev for 15 years. Like, what are you talking about? We watched you not do anything for years. What are you talking about? You were in food and bev. Anyways. Um, so still wishing them all the best. I hope they find their path and it doesn't have to be the traditional way. You don't have to be a lawyer if you don't want to. I mean, law is like my hobby. And you ha like almost have to always get a lawyer anyways. It's almost better to be on that side than hiring someone. Like I wouldn't want to fight someone else's case. I'm going to fight my own case. That's about it. Um, kidding. So also this week, Southern Hospitality got nominated for an out outstanding reality program at the GLAAD Awards or for the, for the GLAAD Awards. And I am just so happy. I released a, an episode with TJ Dench, who's on the cast, um, this week as a bonus episode. And on this week's episode, he told us whether he thinks Reggae. Regan, Reagan? I don't know how to say it. Regan or Reagan? Whether her and Brad hooked up because he said he was there. So go check out that episode. Also, we got to see, you know, TJ and Mikkel, you know, talking about their sexuality. And that was so great to see, especially on this Pride episode. We also get to hear what TJ's current dating and relationship status is on the bonus episode. But I just love, love, love this show. It's so good. I think it's one of the best new shows. I've been saying that. And I'm going to stick by it for now. <laughs> Next week is the season finale. It comes on Monday night at 9 p.m. after Below Deck. <sighs> Oh, let me move on to Below Deck Adventure. 
This week, we got Below Deck Adventure, Season 1, Episode 11, Zero Fjords Given. So this week's episode description is the interior department is on thin ice following the guests finding hair in their food as chips go missing at the abseiling picnic. Ooh, those chips. That's not in the episode description. That's just me. Um, Faye calls Jess and the Sioux together in an effort to heal the fractured interior, but her quest to hide the hair issue from Captain Carey ends in disaster. Captain Carey attempts to outrun bad weather and return the guests safely to port, Casey teaches Mike how to make a bed as the two get closer. Seth tries to further his relationship with Faye. Jess moves out of Faye's cabin, hoping to ease growing tensions, but things only get worse when they fight over food for the guest horseback riding adventure. A promotion in the exterior department rattles the rest of the deckhands. There's a lot going on there. And I forgot to include my picture of Captain Carey because... I sent him some Boat Daddy hats from my Bravo and Blaze shop, which he received. And I also, he his daughter, I support other women, and his daughter selling Girl Scout cookies. I got some of those too. Oh, I'm trying not to eat them. I have willpower. Okay. Anyways, um, he, and also Captain Carrie was on Watch What Happens Live with Brad Goreski. And I think the real... What is it? The real friends of WeHo? Whatever that show is on MTV. I think that comes out today. Um, and I want to watch it, but I almost like kind of want to binge it because I can't go to MTV. I need to like, it's too much for me. It's hectic. Um, one thing I wanted to mention about Watch What Happens Live this week was they had two professional wrestlers on and i think they're in nxt which is like the pre-we it's like the where you train to become a wwe wrestler but they had bianca belair and montez ford i never knew who they were but i love them and this is like my fantasy come true bravo plus WWE, they even taught how to smack talk. They called Andy the Suavo a Bravo. And I wrote down, I took notes because they gave like a quick lesson on how to make your, how to do your smack talk. And the first thing is get into character. I don't know what my character is. Get into character. Okay. This is not my character, but whatever. Then the second thing is get a moniker. I, I didn't come up with my own. But then get great entrance music. Dun, 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 dun. Get that hype mu music going. Get a great entrance. Some people on the WWE, they do some crazy stuff. But think this is like the equivalent of Housewives taglines. Like imagine if they did more than a twirl. Imagine if they did like a backflip. That'd be so cool. Um, then they said you have to promote and you have to kick someone out or talk gray about yourself. I don't know what that means. And then you have to end it with who you are. So you have to like, I'm Jenny Blaze, a Bravo and Blaze, blah, 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 whatever. 
And I want to give myself homework because I want to come up with my own WWE smack talk. And I think I'm going to reach out to Randy Wentworth. I'm going to drop another name and interview link in the show notes. Randy Wentworth of Snowflake Mountain on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. It's basically a modernized version of Beyond Scared Straight. These uh, these like parents send their adult children who are like, they call them snowflakes. They don't, because they like are fragile, they can't take care of themselves or whatever. They send them off to like boot camp in the woods. <laughs> and I got a chance to interview Randy as a bonus episode. And he is an aspiring WWE wrestler. And it, go follow him. I don't know if I put it in the show notes already, but um, he does smack talk on his Instagram. And every time I, it scrolls or I'm scrolling through and I see it, I'm like, yes, yes. Like, I love that stuff. That is like, bravo, WWE. Put that together. Mm, 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 mm. That would be so fun. I would love that. Well, love, love, love that. Okay, moving on to Salt Lake City. Okay. Where do I begin? Okay. We had the finale last week. There's There was no new episode this week. The alleged three-part reunion is on the schedule for starting next week and going for three full weeks. However... Andy said on his show that he wanted to interview Jen the following weekend, which would be last weekend. He wanted to go out to Salt Lake City and interview her. But then we find out that it doesn't happen. And then Jen Shaw makes a statement. Okay, I'm going to read this. All right. This is from Jen Shaw's Instagram after it was announced or leaked or whatever that Andy and Jen didn't have a sit down. This is from the real Jen Shaw. Official statement from Jen Shaw regarding one-on-one with Andy Cohen and Bravo. On January 6th, I stood before Judge Stein and asked him to see me not as a fictionalized character, but as the real Jen Shaw. Should I read all this? I don't know if I should like, should I read this? I'll keep going. I am now at a point legally, emotionally, and mentally where I can answer some questions and provide a few unknown details about my case. I want and need to share these critical facts. I owe it to those that love and support me to hear the truth. I will not be doing the one-on-one with Andy Cohen and Bravo because of their unwillingness to remove contractual provisions that would allow the network to legally make misrepresentations of me and my story relating to any and all topics prior to and during the course of my participation. That to me says we can do an interview, but I have some terms and like, I'm not, I'm just reporting here. Okay. I'm not taking anyone's side, but if I was Jen Shaw in that situation, I wouldn't be like, yeah, just do an interview and then let them have full, full control to edit and change the, you know, make it look however they want. Like, That's the thing about reality TV is you're handing over your rights to tell your story. So I get that from her part. And I, but I also get it from, I don't know. I feel like Bravo could have maybe still 
made some kind of deal. I'm kind of disappointed. And I'm not disappointed because I think Jen Shaw should be interviewed. Like, I'm not. And this is where I'm like, should I read this? Because I feel like I shouldn't even give her a platform, really. But this is part of the, our context. This is the show. And this is what's disturbing to me. It's like, I don't want. I don't want this. I don't want to be talking about this kind of stuff. I don't want to be like, this is too much. As I go on to the next, <laughs> finish reading it. So this, this is jump back to Jen Shaw Seaman. This specific one-on-one -on -one interview was not part of my Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reality TV contract. I promised myself and my loving family that I would not allow this portion of my life to be sensationalized or inaccurately conveyed. Zendaya, I roll for those of you who are watching, rolling my eyes so hard. <laughs> Sorry. Um, here, look at this. Too many people have been hurt by my actions and my inability to control my own narrative. Yeah. I would rather remain silent and wait until I'm able to accurately share my story than continue having complete lies and misrepresentations about me smeared across the headlines. I intend to speak and you will hear from me. I will share my story and this painful part of my life very soon. Jen Shaw. I don't even know what to say anymore about this. Like, I don't condone Jen Shaw's behavior. However, I want to point out the responsibility that you have as a boss, as a corporation, as a business. I mean, you have to do your due diligence. And it's hard for me to believe that Jen Shaw's fraud, Mary Cosby's cult and murder accusations and Heather's fakeness. Like it's hard for me to believe that they didn't know anything about this, which makes me feel like I've been wronged. Not just me, all of us who have watched for three seasons, watching criminal, criminal activity <clears throat> and Heather Gay, who has not been convicted of any crimes, but from what I know, she seems like she's hiding a lot. Like even this week, I don't even want to say these news, but because I don't want to give her attention. But this week it came out that she just bought like a two point something million dollar house. Good for you, Heather. Congratulations. However, I don't know if her fortune, if her net worth is coming from a place of good. I don't know if she's honest. And even like she also posted something where um, she she was opening a box of bad Mormons because this is the first time I've ever seen this book before. And I'm like, what? Even that's a lie. <laughs> what are you talking about? Sorry. Maybe it was, but I'm when I listen, I'm like, no, this makes no sense. It's not your first time seeing these books. But anyways, whatever. There's another Hulu episode that came out, like I mentioned, when I, I was looking for it when I found Web of Death. But um, 
It's Impact and Nightline, Impact X Nightline on Hulu. It's the latest episode of their series that came out that goes through some of the victims, what happened to them, showed more insight into, which I think we already got in the Bravo world. We got, you know, I saw people post like, oh, she was texting back and it was just like gross. And like seeing it all in one place, like in a show laid out like that, presented to us, it was really um, awful to watch. Um, so that's on Hulu. You can go watch. And I want to give a shout out to Allegedly Bravo, Classic Sky Tops, and Emily D. Baker because they were in that show. You go, girls. Whoop, whoop. I support other women. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Whew. Okay. Oh, I have one other thing. <laughs> This is not related to Jinchal or Heather, but I got the pleasure of getting a very exclusive sample of Blue Jay. This is Blue Jay. What does it say? Agave inspired sparkling hard seltzer with natural flavor. Okay, so you guys know I don't drink. I just said it. I'm California sober. Um, and I actually debated. I was like, okay, what if I just taste these like they do on Bar Rescue? They like take a straw and they just do like a little thing. But I think for myself, for where I am right now in my California sober journey, I'm going to not test taste. But I did want to, um, I support others. <laughs> and these are an extension of the, wait, here it is. This is an extension of the Barlow's brands. Um, Blue Jay, you can find them at Instagram, at Blue Jay Seltzer. Um, they are launching their drinks at the end of February, beginning of March, near my birthday. But I wish we saw more behind the scenes of what went into making Blue Jay. Like, why did we spend so much time on Heather Gay's eye? That makes me mad. <laughs> I'm not mad, but a little bit. I mean, my whole thing with watching filthy rich people on TV is I want to learn from them. I want to know how they gain their success. Tell me your story. Tell me your, especially if it's like a rags to riches story. That's like my all-time favorite. But obviously, we got people, there's lots of people who come from wealth and privilege. And so their story is going to be a little bit different. I want to hear, okay, maybe, <clears throat> maybe some of these people were born into money, but how do you, like, I want to learn more about how you maintain it and continue to grow it because I don't know. For me, like, I just can't sit and just be like, oh, I do nothing. I don't know. I just want to see how they how they function. Let's move on because I'm going to talk about this more on the next topic. So this week we had The Real Housewives of Miami episode, or se sorry, season five, episode 10, Diamond Rings and Rumors. Again, Peacock is very light on their episode description. 
This week's was at her engagement party, Nicole avoids her dad and defends her reputation against a rumor. Okay. So this week, this week's episode was good. It's Larsa versus Nicole. Nicole sent a disinvitation with a mirror saying like, mirror, mirror, who's the fakest of them all? Larsa, you're uninvited. And that moment was pretty awesome. I loved it. <laughs> I did love it. But I'm still team Larsa in this situation. And if you've been following along since Nicole entered Miami, I just have not got on board. Something about Dr. Nicole feels very fake and phony to me. For one, her, her accent changes in her confessionals and when she's talking to the women. It's, and maybe it's not intentional, but it's maybe subconscious. I don't know. I just get that vibe and I don't like it. And then on top of it, yes, she's an anesthesiologist, okay? They make the most wealthy anesthesiologist in Miami makes less than $600,000. I Googled it. Also, I Googled her her salary and she makes like 300 something upward, like upwards in the 300s. Okay. Yes, obviously that's a great salary. However, I know doctors and lawyers who make similar money and they're not living in $30 million homes with a collection of exotic cars, a plane, a boat or yacht. Do they have a yacht? I don't know what their boat situation is. And with that lifestyle, and I'm not saying it's impossible to have that lifestyle as, you know, for Nicole and Anthony, because Anthony's a lawyer, he's a partner at a firm, but he also has his own private firm. And the cases that his firm has won are not like billion dollar cases or anything. Um, So, and his net worth is 3 million so it's just questionable to me. I want to know, are they self-made? Because Nicole made it sound like, oh, my father was never around. He was, was he a drug dealer or something? I don't know. He was like in jail or something. And her mom raised her. So like, did she have money? Did she have to take out school loans for medical school? Because that going to med- medical school costs a lot of money. So is she paying off loans and, you know, like you don't make, you don't start out making, you know, the highest salary as an anesthesiologist or a lawyer. Yeah, you make a good salary, but I'm just from, and people are getting triggered by this, that I'm even asking this question. I'm like, what? I bought my own, my, my house that I bought is from two doctors who had their, one of them actually moved to start his own practice. But there are plenty of doctors and lawyers out here that aren't living in $30 million houses. And I don't think it's far-fetched for me to ask that question. And it actually makes me wonder, like, what are all the assumptions you're making 
just because they're a lawyer and a doctor. Like my brother's a lawyer. He doesn't live in a $30 million house. Like it, someone was saying like, oh, he's got investments. Great. Can you tell us more about it? Because I would like to know, <laughs> I want to know how does one get, you know, achieve what they've achieved at such a young age if they're self-made. And again, I'm not saying it's not possible. I just want to know. They should be writing books about this, don't you think? Just saying. Oh, in other news, Lenny Hoxstein's girlfriend's Wikipedia page has been updated several, several times over the last week. I don't have all the pictures. I'm sorry. I wish I had a whole production crew or interns or, um, I don't know, a graphics person who could prepare all these slides for me. But again, it's just me, one woman show. Um, and they're pretty funny. So it's out there if you want to go look. Oh, man. Wow. We didn't quite hit one hour and a half, but... Yeah, a lot today. It's Bravo. It does not rest, y'all. Bravo does not rest. And thank you. Okay, so before I go, actually, I want to make sure I take the time out to properly thank you all for tuning in. I know it's a standard part of podcasting or any presentation where you thank your audience before ending, but I want you all to understand how truly grateful I am. It's been just over a year since I started Bravo and Blaze the podcast. And while I don't have the highest numbers of podcasting that anyone has ever seen, like the bra bros who are so annoying. <laughs> just kidding. I love them. But wait, I need to take this off. Um, but everything I've been building with this platform has been completely organic completely authentic, transparent as I can, and honest. So when I see that I have an average of over 200 listens per episode on average, I am just like in complete shock and awe. And I literally can't even imagine standing in front of 200 people who are listening to my silly show. So from the bottom of my heart, I truly want to thank you all for where we've gotten so far with Bravo and Blaze and, and subscribing, reviewing, sharing, liking, and or leaving a five-star rating is incredibly appreciated and helps the show grow. I am manifesting seeing all of you in person someday and being able to thank you face to face. But make sure you're subscribed and turn on notifications so you can be updated when we go live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern for Canvas Mom Boss and every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern for Bravo and Blaze. Stay lit, fam.